Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as peachy as a Robert Lewandowski four-goal salvo, fantasy advice as enjoyable as a Max Cruiser Bundesliga return, and two pundits who are both relieved that unlimited transfers were available during this international break. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 4, and joining me on the mic, as always, he is the fantasy fußball god himself. Flo Reinecker. Flo, how are you doing? How was the international break? A bit of time off or a, a lot of time to contemplate unlimited transfers? What was it? Yeah, I actually wasn't like, I wasn't happy about unlimited transfers because I planned before last match day, like speculating that unlimited transfers would hit us after the seventh match day. So I took a few players in I wouldn't have otherwise. Like, for instance, Didavi of Stuttgart. He had not the best matchup against Leverkusen, but I thought moving forward, he's a valuable asset. And that was totally pointless. <laughs> I could have just, like, because I'm a bit angry, uh, or, or the reason why I'm a bit angry about that, like, the alternative would have been to bring in Reina for Didavi. And, uh, yeah, that, that would have been a different story, uh, points wise, if I had done that. But, now everyone uh got a clean sheet uh, uh to to uh, draft that the team knew um uh, I, I think we we're going to uh do a good job with that uh, James but uh, yeah I I had planned that not being the case so um, well th- that was it I, if I'm honest Flo I decided not to plan for either scenario I was just kind of going to let it be what was going to be. Um, but I mean, I also made some interesting choices on, on match day three, where once again, I ended up with a match day without 11 players on the pitch is always a good sign. <laughs> um, and, and I even had one that pulled up, uh, you know, zero points with uh, Benjamin Pavard, but I was saved by my star men. I'll be honest. I didn't switch silver to Lewandowski. That was a regret. Um, but I, when unlimited transfers were announced, I immediately tweeted out, thank goodness my team is in a shambles. And a few people did get in touch to go yeah my team's in even worse shape than yours you, you know I've made some bad player picks but I've at least managed to pick up a fair amount of points along the way Giovanni Reina I actually brought in purely because I was thinking that Sancho wouldn't play and I got rid of Sane because of injury I didn't want to get rid of Sane and Sancho I thought you know what I'll cover it with Reina that turned out to be a good choice and these are the uh, the minor details that we live and die by in this game um, at times but I do think what we are already seeing in the first three match days flow is that we're going to have a very topsy-turvy season. I think we're going to have players even more patchy in their form than I think we've seen in other campaigns. And then, of course, we now are starting to see the impact of combating COVID-19 and the effects that's going to have of players dropping out during a week or last minute or at any time during the season. And we're going to have to work our way through that minefield as well. Yeah. So it is becoming a very tricky season, it's fair to say. Yeah, definitely. I think we... like. Um, there's a match postponed in the second Bundesliga for this weekend. Um, so it's not out of the equation that that could happen in the Bundesliga as well. But I think as serious as we take our fantasy Bundesliga <laughs> teams, James, I, I think we can all agree that um, there are more important things right now. No, you're chatting nonsense, Flo. Not, Absolutely not, nonsense. Many, <laughs> not many more important things, but a few maybe so yeah 
No, the, even if they've got me on a ventilator at some point, I'll still be telling them to put Lewandowski as my star man. No, I, no, of course <laughs> not. Uh, we, of course, wish that uh, health and happiness upon everyone out there and hope everyone is sa- safe and healthy. And on that note, we should probably check in with some of our listener questions. We do have a few to get through here in part one. Firstly, I'll say... An update on the top of the standings in the fantasy world. Teddy Boys is still smashing it over 500 points now. He got 207 points last weekend or the you know, two weekends ago. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and he actually got in touch on Twitter. And so the first question is from him, um, at Teddy K on Twitter. He says, so unlimited transfers, huh? Seems like the people in power needed to alter the ru- rules in order for people to catch up to me. Uh, which I like the confidence. It's a very, very admirable quality. Yeah. Um, he says, anyways, which position will you focus most of your budget on? On with unlimited transfers and he also asked is it worth splashing the cash on a third striker or would you rather get another premium defender and I think that's the question a lot of people will be facing Flo because the temptation right now is Lewandowski Holland, Kramerich right? Yeah at least three big named strikers if if the third one is Kramerich um, we probably can argue about that or even if it's it has to be Haaland on uh a game at Hoffenheim where Dortmund historically have struggled. So um, that's definitely something to to keep in mind. But I'm personally in the camp of having three big-name strikers all the time, and I like to bring in budget defenders. But so far, it hasn't necessarily been the best strategy this season. So last match day, if I remember correctly, there were five defenders in um, the uh, team of the week, in the fantasy team of the week. And I and I actually, um, like, I'm, I made the draft for the, the graphic graphic department on Sunday evening, and that's where we sought the points to make the, the team of the week. And it actually would have, if it would be tactical possible, it would have been seven defenders in the team of the week, I think, um, last match day and that's definitely something to keep in mind and uh, one reason why I haven't been uh, in a great uh, spot so far um, is that I spent down too much I think on defenders and defenders are really performing and if you haven't have the likes of Angelino for instance uh, uh, then then you were in trouble uh, at stretches so maybe it's time to rethink that but I still think Strikers are my priority. I think we have great value in midfield, and that's probably something to take. So we already mentioned Reyna, and uh, he's a guy that gives you uh, some relief um, money-wise that you can spend elsewhere. But but I think the the big name defenders are, are on the table. Is 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 hard. I haven't actually made a draft so far. Uh, maybe a short disclaimer, James, that we like we squeezing that in in a busy schedule, and the the busy the busy part is is mostly James. <laughs> I have to I have to clarify, but like he's commentating left, right, and center uh, right now. Uh, I'm 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 happy for you, James, but that means that when we didn't have that uh, the this episode as as planned out as we usually have but i hope we can we can shoot from the gut and and make it work i i think i think we're plugged 
enough into the fantasy world that we can do this a bit off the cuff and i hope our listeners will understand but yes uh, uh pretty much the minute we stop recording i'm off to the studio to go commentate the dfb pokal that everyone everyone's probably forgotten about the first round tie between duran and bayern tonight so uh yeah that's why we are squeezing it in now i i mean admittedly i have made a draft and I, I've toyed with it back and forth. I do agree with you. I think defenders are changing the market a little bit because their value is just so much better than we see in midfield and, and the striking department. You need to go a lot more premium, I think, to find consistency there. But I do worry about the consistency in the defenders market. You're right in saying that we had a lot of high scoring defenders last time uh, on match day three. But I mean, beyond maybe Angelino and Christopher Trimmel. I don't think any of those are really players you can look at and go, you know what, I can keep them in long term and they're going to be a good source of points. We're talking about the John Anthony Brooks, the Marvin Friedrichs, the Willie Orban, although I wouldn't rule out a Willie Orban resurrection considering the fact that he is a goal-scoring defender, but there's a lot of competition for him in that Leipzig lineup. Uh, Nico Schlotterbeck is the other one uh, who you know followed up his very impressive match day two performance by doing even better on match day three. Um, and yeah, Union, I think, are a side that we're going to be talking about a lot today but I would agree with your assessment yeah there, but Slotterbeck is injured so and that's it he did pick up an injury yeah, yeah. very true yeah. and and that's it so I think it's going to be a little bit of a tricky minefield the defenders market but if you can get it right then I think there's a lot of points there to be won. Um, but I'll be honest, I'm right now falling into the temptation, the draft I've got of having Lewandowski, Haaland and Kramerich, simply because I just think they're going to keep banging in goals no matter the fixtures. And that's not based on these the fixtures we're going to be talking about later on in the show as well. So I will say I'm falling into that trap, whether you do as well. And that may still change, which is also worth pointing out. But let's move on to the next listener question. Uh, it's from at uh, Viali Gonsalves. Uh, he's got a three-part question. Firstly, he's asking for the best goalkeeper pairing I'll skip on that and come back to it but he asked for defenders under 5 or 6 million and he's also asking Stindl versus Hoffman so how about you get your teeth stuck into those and I'll have a look at the goalkeeping pairings while you do it <laughs> yeah that's that's a good idea between Stindl or Hoffman, Hoffman I think it's very close I think for the moment both should be pretty uh, set in the starting 11 but that might change once the Champions League starts, and then maybe even Stindl is the one who will get a break because Mbolo is is back, and he used to play in that position that Stindl now plays in, in last season. Um, and I think Stindl is like he's much older than Hoffman, and maybe he's he's going to get a rest uh, one of the next few match days, and that's that's the reason I I prefer Hoffman. And he's got the set piece duties uh, in his locker. Uh, to be, uh, Stindl only uh, maybe is a penalty taker, but we're not sure. That could be Benzabaini as well. Um, Stindl, I mean, Stindl took the penalty in the derby, but I'm I'm not sure if Benzabaini was still on the pitch. Probably yes. So you can scratch the last bit of <laughs> that sentence. But uh, yeah, still prefer Hoffman. That that would be my my short ans, uh, answer um, to that. And if we're talking cheap defenders, um, there's one guy I, I really really like. Uh, he's playing for Werder Bremen uh, of all clubs uh, in, in in the Bundesliga, uh, and that's Felix Agu. Uh, he just costs you four point seven million, and um, my feeling is that he will play on the right wing for Bremen, 
on the position that Mbom played last against Bielefeld. Uh, Mbom will also keep his starting job, but you have to remember last time Bremen played, they still had Davy Klaassen in the squad. And there's no Davy Klaassen anymore. Uh, haven't brought in any replacement for, for him. And that's why I expect Mbom to start as a number eight and to, um, Felix Agu to keep, uh, to, um, play on the right flank with a three man back line, which means that Gabriel Selassie is playing as a center back. And that's why, uh, he's definitely uh, off of the fantasy radar for me. Oh, very, very interesting. Uh, Felix Agu, yeah, I mean, he was a player that I wondered whether would come into contention at left back if Augustinson had a few more injuries like he did last season. But uh, if he's going to open up a spot on that right wing and at 4.7 million, that's not too not too bad at all. I, I, I mean, that's a perfect segue as well into the goalkeeping discussion because I think... Yeah, if- m- maybe uh, Peter Pekarik, uh, if, if he... Can uh, keep on to his starting job. Yeah, that's it. With him, I'm just not sure. Yeah, but we'll know right it now. That they play True. on Saturday afternoon. So if he stays in the starting lineup, he's five million. Uh, he's definitely a guy you can look at. And how how much is Almami Toure? He's eight point one. Bit more. Yeah, he's a bit more expensive. He he will be a guy I would be interested in also. Yeah, I mean, if I were throwing out two other names, Iago, someone we've talked about a lot at five point five million yeah. with Augsburg. Admittedly, you know they don't have the nicest fixtures coming up, but I think at that price you can afford to stomach it. Janus Horn is the other one that is still in the mix. Two point six million with Köln, yeah. and uh, there's a grimace on Flo's face on my on my uh, laptop screen. And I understand why, because it's exactly that problem. You just feel like he's going to get dropped at any moment. Yes. And so the problem is 2.6 million. That's still a gamble that you don't want to take in losing a player yeah. that could, you know, even if Köln do have a lot of flexible fixtures further down the line in terms of standalone matches, uh, that's just a tricky one. Uh, I'd rather check who's playing for Mainz. Um, they're playing on uh, Saturday afternoon. That might be Mvene or... St. Just now James is shaking his head, so we're we're not in sync today, but... uh, No, we're not. Well, if you watch Mainz and the way they defended in the last match, I I really would highly advise you stay away from them for right now. I really would. Yeah, but (laughs) St. Just, if he plays as a right back, I think he's interesting, 5.6 million. And the other one would be Philipp Mwene, 3.5 million. I I mean, it's, it's the price tag, so... I'd, ra- I'd rather uh, have Agu, uh, the one of these um, Mainz guys, but if Agu isn't starting and you don't have... I think the problem with uh, getting Horn is that you don't know if he's going to play. And that's uh, that's the problem because um, uh, they're playing on Sunday. And so if I bring in a, a budget defender whose starting job is in jeopardy, uh, I'd like to um, be uh, have that uh, defender play on Saturday. Oh, definitely uh, afternoon. So I so I know if he's in a starting lineup before I have to confirm my transfers. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Okay, let's talk about the goalkeepers then uh, very briefly because 
There's a couple of interesting ways you can go about it. If you really want to stay budget, then we do now have another option in Frederick Ronov at 1.7 million who's joined Schalke and it looks like he's actually going to be taking over the number one slot ahead of Fairman. Um, and so he can be paired up with a variety of people because Schalke actually do have a fair few standalone fixtures coming up. The problem is they are against teams that you don't really like and dipping into a bit like the Mainz backline and they'll say, go oh, at all costs, stay away. I mean, you could make the same argument for Schalke. Um, um, as well, yeah. The you can throw a dart at Kilian Ludovic, um, the new signing of Schalke. Like he he has to be in the starting eleven because he's the only right back they have. True. Yeah. Um, right now, and he's seven million, so he's a bit top of this five to six million range, but he's still cheap enough. And I actually like I wouldn't be surprised if we see a changed Schalke team against Union this match day. I'm, I'm really curious. Uh, I think um, there are a lot of possibilities how this uh, game can go. Um, but I think if, if they disappoint like the first three match days, then, then they are in, in, in big, big trouble. But uh, I imagine there could be... Um, Brighter days coming for Schalke. They've said they've said it. They've said Not it pretty bright low bar, days, like, but brighter well, okay, days. Yeah, maybe yeah. It's, it's one of those. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, okay, you're right. Kylian Ludovic. I'll be honest. If he had come in at a cheaper price, I might have considered him. But at seven million for someone that was on loan at Barnsley before he got signed by Schalke, I'm I'm really good. But in terms of the goalkeepers, Ronov isn't the best choice, but he saves you a lot of money. He can be paired up with the likes of Luther, Zentner, Muller. Um, I think in terms of the standalone fixtures, him and Muller are not just the cheapest but they also uh, don't play at the same time match day four through six yeah but but be aware with Luther we don't know who's going to start for Union and that's that's the problem because we don't know if it's Karios or Luther and, and and Fisher didn't like as far as I know he hasn't said who's who's going to be the number one no not yet uh, and and even if like even if it's Luther still for that game that could change going forward. And I don't expect we get another unlimited transfers uh, after the next international break. So <laughs> in the next international break. So I, will, I would personally stay away from the Union goalkeeper unless we get clarity until uh, Saturday. Uh, who's the number one? Well, because uh, it's just well, no, a risk I don't have to well, take. Well, no, for me, the, the problem is I think they'll stick with Luther until he makes a mistake, and then Karras will come in. And if that happens between the, now and the next international break, then you're dead in the water. Admittedly, I threw Luther out there as a kind of uh, off the cuff name, but. Flo is right. The Union goalkeeping situation is a little precarious. I'll be honest. The, the thought I'm going with right now is Rafael Gikovic pairing him up with Ronov. They, they tandem nicely. They do play, uh, on the same, uh, the same time slot, I think on match day seven, um, off the top of my head. But other than that, they pair up nicely. Now you have to pay a little bit more for Rafael Gikovic. The other one to consider if you want to go along that lines is maybe someone like Kern Castiles, because the thing with, with Wolfsburg getting knocked out of the Europa League, all of their fixtures were put on a Sunday most of the time to compensate for them playing on a Thursday potentially. Now they're not playing on a Thursday, they get these standalone fixtures all the time and Kern Castells is a bit pricier but you pair him up with Ronov, you're still doing a pretty 
good job on saving some pennies on your goalkeepers. Uh, and Wolfsburg, as I said, I think three standalone fixtures in the next four games, um, which is something that is definitely very good in terms of flexibility. So there are options for your goalkeepers out there. I think Rurnov is a great place to start and then kind of figure out who you feel most comfortable with from there and look at the sides that are defending well, your Augsburgs, your Union Berlins that have also been picking up a couple of clean sheets here and there as well. So yeah, uh, it's a... See who you're most comfortable with. But let's move on to the next set of questions. Um, at Hafid FW says, is it time to bring back Sancho flow? I don't think so. I, I have my doubts if he's going to be in a starting 11 because it's not only that, like the rumor was that he should have played the last match, but he, he had a tantrum about not being transferred out of Dortmund. And that was the reason that he didn't play against Freiburg. And now, like, he's hitting the clubs uh, during international break um, without, like, keeping in mind the, the protocol of how to fight the coronavirus. And, uh, like, there's no need for Favre to really slot, slot him in because it worked well with Reina and Royce behind Haaland. And that's how I personally will expect uh, Dortmund to, to play at Hoffenheim. But if he's in the starting 11 and um, that game is on Saturday, so, so we'll know. Um, it's not the worst idea, but I, I would feel like not... 100% confident of, conf uh, of Sancho right now. And that's probably why I personally will shy away from him because, like, he's, you have to spend big to get him, uh, on your team. And I probably, I'd rather this time with my draft, I'd rather bring in high quality defender. Uh, than Sancho. Yeah, that's it. I think I'm just more comfortable with Reina than I am with Sancho. And considering the fact that Reina's half the price or more, he's more than half the yes. price, then at that yeah. point, yeah, I, I'm starting to have my, well, the thing is, like, let's firstly say this. At the start of every season, Jaden Sancho seems to do something where he gets his hands slapped a little bit by the club. Normally, it's been turning up late to training or maybe not turning up on time for a team bus ride to a, to a game and stuff like that. Or there's been other little disciplinary stuff behind the scenes. This one was a little bit more severe. He had the party at Tammy Abrams and the club aren't happy about that. And so I can see them disciplining him further by excluding him from the starting lineup. So as a result, I do agree. I'm also a little doubtful as whether Sancho is going to really have as good a season as he did last season. I think Haaland is going to take a lot of his output away from him. But that's a debate maybe to be had further down the line. So to answer your question, Hafid... I mean, he looked good before before everything happened on the last minute of the transfer. Sancho did look good in the matches he played. Sa so I, I, that's definitely something to keep in mind. And like in football, things change pretty quickly. So It's true. But um, that's it, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't count Sancho off just just because of what happened. I mean, he's he's a young guy, and uh, I, I, I'm pretty certain they they'll screw his head right on, and like yeah, it will go on at Dortmund with a good Sancho. But right now, it's like he he can play next time Royce is injured, so and in like two, two to three weeks probably he's back in the starting lineup. 
Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, he's still going to have an important part to play here. And I just wonder whether an, a more, a less motivated Sancho is really a good thing, especially for our fantasy game. As I said, I also think that Haaland's going to be taking some of his output away from him in terms of fantasy points. But I'm also asking the question, are we going to see Jaden Sancho banging in 17 goals and providing 17 assists this season? That I'm not convinced of. That I'm not convinced of. And that's that's it. He set himself a very high bar. And if he was going to be guaranteed to do that again, I'd say, yeah, bring him in at any time, no matter the concerns. But right now, the concerns are real. So, Hafid, I guess the answer really from both Flo and I is maybe not yet. Um, but to the second part of your question, Flo, he's asking, who would you recommend from Union Berlin? Uh, yeah, we talked about Trimmel at length. Um, and, and I think he's the best starting point. I'm not sure it's worth the savings going from Trimmel to Lens. Uh, I have to check actually the price tag right now, but I think they're much closer than they used to be. Um, Trimmel is 9.7 and Lens is 9.5. So there you go. Um, Trimmel is a clear cut number one. Um, for Union, and I'm not sure that like I would have interest in any other Union player. The way they are prized, um, well, I, I tell you, I mean, let me ask you. I mean, Marius Bolter was someone we talked about the last episode, and then he got dropped from the starting lineup for the game um, uh, on Friday night on match day three, and that was a disappointment because he's a player that we were really, I was really considering and thinking, right, long term he could still be in. I don't know whether it's going to be a long term thing that he's not in the starting lineup, but that's the impact of Max Cruiser. Yes, and the problem with Max Cruiser, he's a he's a striker, and as much as I'm confident he's going to do great things for Union, I don't think he's going to be our best fantasy player this season yeah I'm 100% with you so it's Trimmel Gikiewicz and the list ends um, also because of the Schlotterbeck injury so I, w- I would have been interested in in Schlotterbeck but like he's he's going to miss a few weeks um, so it's probably going to be some time before we talk about uh, Nico Schlotterbeck here again yeah, that's it. So, I mean, yeah, Trimmel, Trimmel top of the list and maybe Bulter on the watch list, I think, is the way I'd look at Union right now. Okay, let's move on. Uh, a question about an individual player, someone we haven't talked about much this season, but rightly so. Uh, and at Mulcahy underscore Mike is asking, are either of us considering bringing in Ishmael Jakob's flow? Yeah, I like him uh, a lot. But I'm not sure that he's going to start. And since Cologne plays on a Sunday... I'd rather have players from the not Saturday afternoon games who I feel more confidence, uh, confident uh, are going to be in the starting lineup. And that's my issue with Jacobs. Otherwise, he's a great choice for 6.7 million. That's, um, I wouldn't say steal, but it's pretty good value for Ismail Jacobs. Well, and for for a defender that's likely going to be playing on the left wing like we saw last season, if he does come into the starting lineup, I mean, he's been on my watch list from the start of the season. And yeah, right now, I think I will wait until he actually gets his first start before I consider bringing him in 100%. If you feel pretty positive about it, you you could definitely risk it. I think it's probably likely to go there. Um, that he's going to start because I know that the coaching staff really loves what he brings to the table. And they, they brought in, uh, Wolf for the right flank from, from Dortmund. And I think what Gistel has in mind is he's 
athletic pressing machines with Wolf and, and Jacobs closing down the opponents. And I, I think that's uh, how we're going to see Cologne in, in the future. Um, but Jacobs was out for a long stretch of time. And maybe he, he gets eased in a bit, not being in the starting lineup against Frankfurt. Yeah. So that's my concern. And Wolf, he's 3.7 million. He's pretty likely to start. I, I, Is I'm, he a I'm defender pretty flow? confident of that. No, he's a midfielder. Rubbish. In game. Uh, <laughs> but still, still a decent value for 3.7 million. You, you could do worse. Yeah, no, 100%. That's it. I was just having a look at the kicker lineup. They do have Wolf and Jakob starting on the right wing and left wing, respectively. So that is something for us to keep an eye on. Um, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, Mike, that helps you make your decision. Um, but I will be intrigued because he could be a great differential if you do bring him in. Um, let's move on to the next listener question. We've got two left. Um, at FF underscore Vader, he says, who are the five players most locked into your team right now? I mean, Flo, I know you haven't actually done a so, I mean, I could maybe jump on board with this a little quicker because I think Lewandowski and Haaland, would you say that those two are virtually locked in? From If we're talking about if you couldn't change your team from now until the end of the season, for me, Lewandowski and Haaland yeah, would be locked in. We can, I know we you, can. But I think, yeah, he's asking who would be locked in. So I'll go Lewandowski and Haaland up front. Yeah, yeah, locked in my draft, not not like for this for this draft, for this match day. And uh, we always plan ahead, but... Um, Haaland is not, uh, like, he's not a guarantee to make the squad. That's just, uh, cause I'm not sure how Dortmund will perform at Hoffenheim. Uh, that's the reason. Uh, Lewandowski is definitely, uh, going to be in my squad. Arena is going to be in my squad. Uh, Kamada probably will, uh, like, he's one of the few guys I, I, I nailed so far. <laughs> and he, he, he was pretty good to me. And um, that's the reason why I'll, I'll, he'll keep his place. Um, Angelino, um, I'm almost certainly will bring in. And, uh, also I think maybe it's a bit of a homer pick, but I, I like to bring in Agu if he's playing. Uh, he's pretty high on my list. Otherwise it would be Augustinson for me. Um, I think both are uh, good. Values and I had another defender in mind, and but but um, uh, Toure, Toure, Amami Toure of Frankfurt. So he's he's also um, pretty high on my list. I think these were uh, that was I think six names. So you got one on top as. Uh, yeah, no, there you go. You get a little extra with, with Mr. Reinecke here. No, I mean, that's yeah. it. It's, I, there are, I, I would look at locked in players. I'd look at even someone like Jean Manuel Umbom right now, because at 1.3 million, you lock him in. It just gives you so much flexibility over the coming weeks. Yeah. I, I'm a good, I'm 100% on board with Angelino and Kamada. I think right now, if he stays fit, I can't, I could almost see Kamada being in my squad from match day one to match day 34. I, it, it could just happen because um, he's that good value and I do think Frankfurt are going to score goals um, someone like Andre Silva was in the mix for me at the start of the season he's not anymore I think Kramerich has 100% pipped him in the pecking order and I think the only name that I would maybe throw out there especially with the next four games in mind that Flo didn't mention is actually Christopher Trimmel of Union. I think for me, he's almost a, a lock to have because even if Union aren't keeping as many clean sheets as we saw last season 
I think the signs are that Christopher Trimmel is still going to be involved in a fair few goals like he was last season. And at 9.7 million, that's at a price point that I can accept maybe a few dud weeks here and there. So yeah, uh, I'll throw his name into the mix as well. Yeah, but Okay, on the note of... Oh, yeah, yeah okay. I just don't like Trimmel closing out the match day for me. That's just the thing that um, I... I st- like, I still have that inkling feeling that Schalke might be the better side going up into Union. That might be naive, but it's it's the way I'm I'm feeling. Um, hey, that, and that's absolutely fine. And you, you're right. Union actually have two Sunday night games in the next four games. So they're not just closing out the match day once, but they're closing it out twice, I believe, in the next four games. So I understand that there's concern there. I'll be honest, my concern against Schalke isn't that great. And as I just pointed out with Trimmel, I genuinely think even if Union don't have the best game, he can still provide points. Um, and he is on, he's on set pieces, he's on corners, he's on free kicks. There's, there's a consistent base level there for Trimmel that makes him a nice value pick where I can just kind of leave him and not have to worry about him too much, if you know what I mean. And there may be games where he gets a, a minus one or a, a three point or something like that, but I can live with that at 9.7 to get into that Union back line. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. It is, it is a trick. Um, but let's talk about budget players really quickly. We've mentioned Mbom, we've mentioned uh, Ruinov, and that's the question from at Joaquin underscore Roth. He says, is it time or is it worth, excuse me, the punt on Mbom and Ruinov, or should we be looking for a more balanced team? He also, Flo, asked for the thoughts on Frankfurt players, considering the fact they've got Bayern the weekend after the game against Köln, because he says Köln, Bayern, Bremen and Stuttgart fixtures, they actually look all good for those four sides. Yeah. I wouldn't shy away of Frankfurt. Like if we look ahead, Bayern is playing in the cup today. Uh, like like we mentioned, and James will will be commentating that one. Then they're playing at Bielefeld Saturday evening. They're playing in the Champions League next week, and then they're having to travel to Frankfurt. And I mean, it's not like Frankfurt haven't beaten Bayern in the last few years. I mean, they they were the ones that got Kovac sacked, if if you remember correctly. <laughs> I was <gonna> say. So, <laughs> yeah. um, something tells me that won't happen with Hansi Flick this time around. Well, <laughs> yeah, what happened at Hoffenheim? What what almost happened at home against Berlin? So we we like. Bayern is not the juggernaut we used to be. Oh, sorry, I meant Hansi right Flick now. getting fired, not not Bayern losing. I meant oh, Flick getting fired. Okay. Yeah, no, no, Flick <laughs> no, they won't can get fired. Lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he won't get fired. But Bayern is not up to a hundred percent. That's like that's clear. It's obvious. So uh, I don't think we have to shy away from them the way we did before. For now, that could change. But I don't think they they had. The opportunity to, to get back to full strength during international break when we're, there were like five people on site, um, being on the pitch and the rest being with the, uh, international duties away from Munich. So that's, that's just how I feel. So I'm, I'm like Bayern is not that, especially, uh, as a home game for Frankfurt is not the red flag, uh, that it might have been, uh, during the Rick Ronde last season. So I like Frankfurt players um, for the match at Cologne and going forward. And then how about the the, the budget options or the balanced team? When you're looking at Ronov and Bomb, do you prefer saving money or do you prefer a balanced side with these unlimited transfers? Uh, I think both. Uh, Renault especially. With goalkeepers, you know that I'm not... 
I'm not pretending that I can predict goalkeeper scoring in, in fantasy because I I can't and and no one can with great amount of certainty. You can say uh, some goalkeepers are more likely to pick up clean sheets than others are, but that not that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting great points hauls because it like sh um, they have to save shots for that and it's it's hard to predict and. Um, so I'm totally fine with Renault, probably will have him myself. Uh, with Zimbom, I'm also totally fine. I don't think there's a big ceiling with him, though, but I can't be wrong about that. But he's usually, he's a defensive midfielder, but for the price tag, I mean, like he can't really disappoint you as long as he's in the starting lineup, and he is. And last time out, he actually gave an assist, but... I think that was kind of flukely. Uh, I don't expect that to to happen very often, um, but I'm totally fine with going there. Yeah, that's it. I I think there's so much, especially at this, the beginning of the season, it's a little bit different when maybe you've seen your players' prices inflate and therefore you've got a bigger budget later on in the season. But right now, someone like Umbom or Ronov or both just provides such relief for your budget that I genuinely think that that can be crucial. So I would say try and strike a balance with your side, of course, but use them as make weights for the bigger ticket players. And there's enough of them out there that are, you know, tantalized choices right now in the game uh, that you're going to want at least a couple of them in your side and so therefore the budget players can be of great use okay we'll leave it there for part one we'll be back in part two we'll be looking through the fixtures from match day four Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy on to the fixture list and the beauty of this weekend. Not only do we have unlimited transfers, but we have a gluttony of matches where we will see the starting lineups. It's like a kid on Christmas morning. Uh, if it, that's what it will feel like on Saturday morning, at least. Um, and that's it. Uh, we can go through them and we might as well start with, with, I guess, the, the biggest game of the lot. Hoffenheim against Dortmund. I think it's fair to say we all remember what happened last time these sides met and Andre Kramerich scored. Uh, not one, not two, not three, but four, including a no-look penalty as well. And so this game really is one that I think is very much up in the air in terms of its result flow. But what I do feel it does guarantee is fantasy points. Probably, yeah. Although, like, one thing to point out is that Dortmund just conceded 20 shots on goal so far this season, and that's the best mark in the Bundesliga. And I think even if, uh, as they lost at Augsburg, Augsburg had like six shots on goal. That was it. So I, I'm not as keen uh, as jumping onto the Crum Irish bandwagon as, as you are, James, just because I feel like um, Dortmund is preventing a lot of shots. Um, maybe the shots they like they can't prevent are high probability ones. Um, but still, I, I, I'm not 100% uh, that it will be... Uh, Although both teams play attacking football, usually, um, I'm not 100% sure that it's going to be a high-scoring game, um, fantasy-wise or on the pitch. Oh, okay. I mean... So, Reina, Reina is like Reina is a lock if he's in the starting lineup, which I fully expect. But apart from him, I'm not sure uh, if anyone will be in my squad. Even Haaland. But if... I, I prefer... I personally prefer Haaland over Kramaric uh, for this weekend 
Like the price difference is three million. That's not. It's not that much. It's not uh, little. But uh, all in all, I think Haaland's still the better fantasy player than Kramaric. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. But it's that. close. It's close. I, I, just because I think that uh, Dortmund will have more shots on goal than Hoffenheim will have in that game. But uh, like all analysis, that could be wrong. It's a probability. And I, I think the likeliest scenario is that Hoffenheim won't get as many shots uh, at the Dortmund goal as we like as fantasy managers. No, that's fair enough. They didn't have that many against Frankfurt last time out in the 2-1 loss either, um, if I remember correctly. It was just a case that they were a little bit more clinical with them. Kramerich, of course, was the man that got the goal on that occasion. And this is it. I, I Genuinely, I think my, my feeling when it comes to the strikers this season is that long-term or short-term, Haaland and Lewandowski are basically locks. And that third striker is basically, it's going to be a trick on jumping on the right bandwagon at the right time. And Kramerich has started the season hot, but we also know that he is a player that tends to go through phases of scoring a lot and then phases of scoring very little. Not saying that's going to happen, but that is kind of his past record. Um, but there are other strikers out there. We've got the Vekos, we've got the Andre Silvers that can definitely get in the mix as well. Um, but I, I, I think I disagree with you on the fact that I do see goals in this game. And that's why I do think there will be fantasy points on show. I think both of them are a little too... I know Dortmund have done well at the back, but let, let's not say that these have been the most convincing defensive performances we've ever seen from Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga. So I do think there are vulnerabilities that Hoffenheim can probe against Dortmund a bit like they did against Bayern. Uh, and last season, what, this fixture, uh, it was a 4-0 win uh, for Hoffenheim and it was a 2-1 win for Hoffenheim. They did the league double. So there, there were goals in it. So. Yeah. It is one of yeah. those, but uh, I assume Reiner would be your player pick then. So let's move yeah. on to the next game. Uh, and that is Freiburg against Bremen. Another one uh, that I'm sure we have. Well, you know what? We have already touched on it a little bit with the Agu and Bomb uh, discussions. But this is a game where uh, this is what I look at, Flo, and go, this could have not that many goals in it. And at that point, it doesn't necessarily become the most enticing prospect um, as a fantasy owner. Yeah. Even though, I mean, I say that, and Freiburg are actually yet to keep a clean sheet in, in four games this season. That's right. But uh, Bremen will play a destructive kind of football after Klassen left. Um, at the moment, they don't have any alternative with Osako not being in the best shape and also having to quarantine himself uh, after being with the Japanese national squad. So um, we'll see destructive football of Bremen. Um, I like Augustine Sonanagu, I already said that. Uh, I think it's fair to point out that uh, Vincenzo Grifo has had a hand in 5.3 shots every 90 minutes so far this season. That's one of the best uh, of all midfielders I have to check. The only guy with a higher average than Grifo uh, and is a midfielder in the fantasy games, Christopher Nkunku. He's up with 7.7 .7 per 90 minutes, that is. So um, that's that's in definitely interesting. And uh, we, come, we touch on Nkunku later. He has other risks. But uh, I think you can point that out and say if, like if Bremen implodes, and it's with, like with Schalke, it's definitely also a possibility um, that we see um, fall back to to the old ways of of last season of Bremen, and um, then Grifo would be the guy who could benefit 
uh, of it the most. Yeah, especially when you consider Bremen's vulnerabilities from set pieces last season, which yeah. we're not sure have been quite ironed out yet. And Grifo is, of course, a set piece taker. 11.5 million uh, is his price tag. Um, we got Peterson for 10.5 million. And also um, Christian Günther, who is usually a reliable source of fantasy points, not so far this season, but he's at 10.9 million. So if you think that, that it's a Freiburg field day against Bremen, and I'm not counting that out. I'm just like, I'm, I think Bremen can at least uh, keep that game close, but uh, he will be another alternative. And for Bremen, it's bomb. It's Augustinsson. Uh, and it's a goal for me. Nice. And maybe you can make an argument for Bittencourt because he just like shoots from ridiculous <laughs> positions <laughs> every time. So uh, fr- fr- frust- a good- yeah, frustrating as a Bremen fan, great as a fantasy fan, eh? Yeah. <laughs> he has a great uh, baseline. Uh, Nine point six million so far. He picked up twenty five points in three games. So it's it's not a slouch. No, definitely not. Okay, Hertha against Stuttgart. Let's move on. Uh, now, Hertha, they've scored eight and they've conceded eight this season, uh, which does suggest that there will be goals in this game against Stuttgart, who haven't been in bad form themselves and are actually making quite a name for themselves upon their Bundesliga return. Flo, who are you looking at from this fixture? A lot of players. So um, I actually would like to bring in Mateusz Kunja uh, for that match, but like, he traveled the first time to the Salasau and I think he's going to be back on Thursday evening at Berlin and that makes me a bit afraid of going to him with jet lag and everything but apart from that uh, I would I would really like him and Maxi Mittelstedt for 8.5 million if you've got more budget to spend than going with Pekarek uh, is interesting uh, on the Hatter side uh, I'm not as interested in Hertha midfielders. Uh, I think that's where Stuttgart comes into play uh, with the likes of um, Daniel Didavi. Already has 27 points, and that's with just picking up three points after I brought him in. So uh, he had pretty good two uh, match days, and I, I think it's, it's worth noticing that Stuttgart has the third most shots on goal uh, of all Bundesliga clubs so far. Uh, and that's why uh, the guys like uh, Didavi or Kalajcik up front uh, are so so good so far in the fantasy game. And, and I think you, if you don't want to spend on three big-named strikers, Kalajcik would be uh, my first option uh, as a budget striker for 4.7 million. He's really... in. Even if he doesn't start, because this is the thing, he st- he keeps not starting, no, no, but he no, keeps he did scoring. Start. He did start. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, the yeah, latest yeah. game, yeah. He, I, I expect it. No, of course, I'm not bringing him in if he's not going to start. That's a given. Okay, I just wanted, well, in case he gets no, dropped he, out of the, the starting lineup two again, that would days, be a surprise. The last two match days, he was in the starting lineup. Yeah. Oh, is it last? Okay, my bad. Then I thought it was just the last one. All right, I take that back then. No, I mean, he's a great budget option um, that breaks the bank. And in that striker role, it's so important sometimes to be able to do that. But it, he that comes with a, a healthy amount of risk with it, though, Flo. Yeah, of, of course. But uh, I think he might be worse, um, worse if you want to go cheap up front. I think he's totally viable. 
only concern is that Nicolas Gonzalez is back from his injury. Um, I don't expect him to start right away at Berlin, but that's definitely something we can see a changing of the guards up front um, if if Gonzalez is back to 100%. But I'm not sure that it's going to be Kalajic that's going to be dropped. Maybe it's another player and they change the system to, to fit in both um, Gonzalez and Kalajic. But that's uh, something to keep an eye on. Okay, let's move on to the next game then. Another one that may give us a fair few options this weekend. Mainz against Leverkusen. Now, Mainz, they've lost their opening three fixtures for the second season in succession. Meanwhile, Leverkusen are winless in their first three matches of a season for the third time in four years. You feel like something's got to give. And the inclination and the instinct here, Flo, would be to back Leverkusen. Is that what you're going for here? Are we expecting Leverkusen to, to maybe score big and uh, on a fancy sense as well? Yeah, back Leverkusen. They've never been winless after four match days so far in their Bundesliga history. So if like if history can guide us there, they, they'll get a win uh, at Mainz. I'm just not sure if I want to invest and who's the guy I want to invest in. Maybe you go with Alario because Schick is injured and that might open up um, playing time for Alario. He's 9.9 .9 million. So if he's in the starting 11, I think he's probably one of the best um, price considered strikers uh, for that match day. And it might be that Schick is out for like a few more games. So you, you, it's not like a one-off solution with uh, Alario necessarily. And we know that he can score goals. Wurz is probably not playing because he did pick up an injury with the German, German U21. Uh, otherwise, he will, he's great value for 6.2 million. But I think he's off the table. And then it's like uh, Amiri, 11 million. Uh, or Demi by 12.4 million. That's pretty expensive. If for some reason Ezekiel Palacios uh, is in the starting lineup, I think he would be interesting for 8.7 million. Uh, I don't expect that, but we know that. I mean, he's a player that played almost 20 million to get him, and he hasn't like done anything so far. But yeah. like, it's no, but he did play for the Argentinian national team during the international break, right? He was in the starting lineup in the game I want to say against Bolivia. So he's maybe got the same problem as Cunha with jet yeah. lag and stuff to take into consideration. This is the problem with Leverkusen for me. You look at their next games, Mainz uh, away, Augsburg at home, Freiburg away, then, okay, match day seven um, at home to Gladbach. The next three at the very least would make me want to have Leverkusen cover. And the one player, I'll be honest, I was looking at, Flo, was Santiago Arias. Yeah. The problem is Santiago Arias got his ankle snapped on international duty um, rather horrifically. Wouldn't recommend watching the video. And he's out now yeah. because he was maybe, I was going, oh, a defender that's going to get forward for Leverkusen. This could be this could be what exactly we've been missing yeah. from them in the defensive department. But yeah, he's now injured. So they, for me, are still a side where I just can't find that marquee player that I can guarantee is going to score me points on a regular basis. Yeah. Schick was potentially going to be it, but now he's injured. Alario could take his place, but that is still the problem. They're just up in the air for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Let's move on to two teams that are maybe less up in the air. Augsburg against Leipzig in our next game. Um, and this is again, uh, Augsburg, one of the form sides. Uh, Leipzig haven't started the season too poorly themselves either. Uh, and this one could go either way, but I certainly think Augsburg are going to give Leipzig a good run for their money. How do you feel about it, Flo? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Leipzig is getting the edge here. Um, although like you have to credit Augsburg the way they are playing. Although you have to say that getting the point at Wolfsburg, that, that was a perfect opportunity to play at Wolfsburg that played, uh, on a Thursday evening, had a brutal loss in injury time after like getting all the, the rounds of qualification through the Europa League and then like, Literally in the last second conceding the goal that meant that they don't play in the group stage of the Europa League. And after that heartbreaking loss, they, they have to field against, uh, Augsburg and, um, Wolfsburg have conceded one goal and they have scored one goal. Like games with Wolfsburg are pretty low scoring. And, uh, so I'm, I'm not sure that Augsburg will be able, um, to, to play as good. Uh, in the back against Leipzig as they did against Wolfsburg. So I expect Leipzig to, to pile the pressure on. Um, and the good thing is that we're going to know the starting lineup because otherwise I would feel pretty uncomfortable investing in Leipzig because there are countless opportunities how Nagelsmann can field his squad. So we have to wait and see. But that's something to keep in mind. If Nkunku is in the starting lineup, I already mentioned it, he's almost up to eight uh, shots uh, he's involved in per 90 minutes. Best midfielder uh, in the game so far um, in that regard. But, but we don't know if he's, like, if he starts, how long is he going to play? Is he going to start next match day? So you, you're taking a big risk with a player who has a pretty high price tag. Um, 14.4 million. That's a lot. Uh, Danny Olmo is definitely a guy you can look at. He's the exact same price. I think in Kunku, if they both play 90 minutes, Nkunku outscores Olmo uh, 60 out of 100 times. They will play that. So 60-40 in, in favor of Nkunku. But Olmo for now seems to be the more uh, regular starter. So um, there are definitely decisions, uh, decisions to make. But uh, you don't have to make a decision in defense. You, you slot in Angelino and uh, you're done with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way to go with this game. And and that midfield, I think it's going to be a problem for us all season. You already touched on it. We're entering the Champions League phase of this first half of the season as well. So also you are going to see Nagelsmann rotating a little bit more often. That is going to make it a bit hit and miss potentially. And yeah, uh, as a result, they, they are an attractive prospect this weekend. The starting lineups will help, but they are a, a tricky team to invest in. I think Leipzig, it's fair to say, uh, apart from Angelino, who is, yeah, just out and out, uh, a, go- a godsend really in the fantasy game. Okay. Let's move on to the Saturday evening games. And there's two of them this time around because we have no Friday night fixture. The first is Bielefeld against Bayern, uh, the newly promoted side against the German record title holders, but Bielefeld flow have proven tough to break down. 
So this, yeah, 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 yeah. They, I mean, how are you, how are you assessing this game? Are you looking at this as all you know the dam the dam will crack and and Bayern will? I know. mean, they they were really close to getting a point out of Bremen, so I, I think they have good chances to beating Bayern right now. If I compare that, I mean, definitely you can you can do that. But uh, no, it's hands off for me from from Bielefeld. I don't think it's any necess like it's not necessary. Uh, even if you think like 20% of the time Bielefeld is having a decent game against Bayern, it's not worth taking the risk in my in my opinion. Um, there are other alternatives out there. We don't know the starting lineup. Um, they have some injury concerns uh, late. So uh, Suku is injured and I think who's uh, like Brunner, uh, the right back is injured from uh, Bielefeld. No, not looking there. Lewandowski will be in my squad, but that might be it uh, out of the Bayern squad because of like how many games they play with the rotation, with Nabri being a striker. Um, that definitely plays a part. Uh, you can make arguments for Kuman. You can make arguments for Kimmich or Pavar. Uh, David, yeah, I was going to say Davies is the other one because he's been playing at left wing. The problem is I don't see that happening anymore. We, we don't know. And Hernandez in... has a big role to play. So they, yeah. he's rotating in and out and, and playing as a left back most of the time if he's playing. I'm not sure that it's worth it for me. And like I've got this feeling like we've seen Bayern piling it on after being three goals up. I can see them being three goals up right now and saying, "Well, that's that's it for the day. Let's let's get some rest and let's let's keep the ball for twenty five minutes and and then we're done with it." Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't think there's this big advantage um, having Bayern players uh, over other clubs than we used to have. And, the, and and because of the heightened risk of the players being rotated out, uh, I, I probably won't gamble on it apart from having Lewandowski. And if Sané is, is back from his injury in the, in the future, he might be a guy um, who will be in my squad as well. Because he's a midfielder and not like Nabri, a striker in the game. Yeah, but I mean, this is the time of season and it happens every season where we start to shy away from Bayern a little bit because we know there's going to be rotation that comes into play. And as a result, you do kind of stick with your your marquee players. The last couple of seasons, it has definitely been, you know, uh, uh, Kimmich at the back, Lewandowski up front. And sometimes you'd have a pick of a midfielder. Um, Serge Gnabry, of course, was it last season. But yeah, now that the rotation comes into play, it's the other teams where you have more consistency and more reliability that you'll see fantasy players start dipping into a little bit more more often. Uh, let's talk about one of those teams in the next game, Gladbach against Wolfsburg. As we mentioned, Wolfsburg out of Europe, Gladbach not, uh, but Gladbach are at home. Um, and this is a game where we've talked about it already. Wolfsburg don't tend to be involved in games with a lot of goals so far this season, Flo. Do you see that changing on Saturday evening? No. I think Gladbach might hit trouble if they have to make uh, the game, if you can say that in English, even, but it's 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 a it's a rough translation from from what we uh, say in German. But um, they had trouble creating chances against Union, uh, and I think that we might see a similar game against Wolfsburg as well, having trouble to create. And I still like uh, players like Hofmann or Stindl or Neuhaus or player. 
are probably not enough to bring them in uh, my squad for the price tag they have currently. But that's like that's my feeling. Um, that it's not like it's not going to be a field day for Gladbach, and uh, you have to be confident that they are able to create something against Wolfsburg. And that's just I'm I'm not feeling that. No, that's it. Wolfsburg have done well to to stifle other sides, including Leverkusen opening day of the season. I think well, Leverkusen had less than five shots in that game or five shots on target or something like that. It was absolutely crazy. And then you consider the fact that Gladbach, three of their four goals have come from set pieces this season. They are not in their rhythm. They are not in full flow. That will come with time, but they are another team that when it comes to the Champions League, that you need to have that in the back of your head. It may not be as heavy rotation, but what it will mean is that it might detract from their league performances just a touch. Um, should we move on? on to the Sunday games then Köln against Frankfurt yeah. um, this is another one that we have discussed a little bit or, already today we've, we've picked out a few players now Frankfurt we've talked about the concerns as well um, in terms of them facing Bayern next weekend so is this a game flow that you're kind of steering clear of? No uh, that's actually the game I like the most um, apart from the Saturday afternoon games so uh, I like players from Frankfurt I like players from Cologne um Silva, I think, is still for 14.9 million. He's a good pivot, but the guy who is really like Bastos is, is having a pretty good season so far, and he's sitting there at 11.6 million. Uh, he might be a guy uh, you can bring on to save a bit of money. I think both are on play. Uh, in midfield, it would be Kamada for me. Um, and uh, a defender like is Turi. So th these are the guys uh, I'd look at from uh, the Frankfurt side. And we talked about Jakobs uh, from, from Cologne already. If we get confirmation that Anderson can play, uh, he's not a bad choice for 10.5 million, um, but he has some knee issues. So uh, we probably don't know uh, if he's going to uh, be able to play on Sunday before we have to make our lineup. So he's off the table for me. Um, but but a guy you could look at as a, a value play in midfield is Andre Duda for six point eight million. Uh, I think he's he's definitely going to start and uh, is a differential. Uh, you can pick. With Cologne, like this could be a game where we see more attacking football than we might think because Cologne is with their backs to, uh, to the wall. They, they have to show something. And if, if Frankfurt jumps out to a lead, we probably see, uh, like a more off the cuff game of Cologne than, than we used to. And yeah, Duda or even Marius Wolf for, um, what is this? Three point seven million. Um, both are op uh, interesting options in defense. I would like. Uh, I would say that that the wing backs are um, values, but we're not sure who's going to start, and that is for both sides. So Schmitz or Hisebui on the right side, or Horn or Katabach on the left side, and that's why I would stay away as long as we don't get clarity there. So maybe that's. Um, that are guys we talk about in, in uh, coming weeks. 
Yeah, that's it. I'm not a massive fan of Köln's fixtures either. You know, uh, at home against Frankfurt and Bayern in their next two home games away to Stuttgart and Bremen. Like, these are not foregone conclusions. And then you consider the fact that Köln are winless in 13 and haven't kept a clean sheet in 14. Uh, yeah, precarious position uh, for the Cathedral but City. They're but they're, they're cheap. But they're cheap. That's it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. That is the rationale you kind of, you have to use when it comes to, to Cologne. But as a result, now I think it's one of those that you, you could hit big with this game if you hit right um, I think that's the, the way I would look at it let's move on to our final fixture Schalke against Union uh, Flo has kind of discussed the concerns about Union closing out uh, a match day he's also talked about his inkling gut feeling that <laughs> Schalke that, I'm sorry I have to laugh a little bit Flo but Schalke are well, going <laughs> to actually bounce back and do something good I'm, I'm not convinced uh, I will believe it when I see it with Schalke um, because what was it yeah, I, was, I, I bring in Mark Uden <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing <laughs> All the way to the bank afterwards. Uh, you know what? And Flo, if it pl- if it works out for you, I will I will applaud. I will bow down at your feet if that if that works out. Now I'm not I'm not saying it's it's outside the realms of possibility. I, I might do it. Um, I'm not, but I'm not like I'm not promising anything. But Mark Wood is sitting there at eleven point one million, and and it's it's a bit like it's. Uh, yeah, I feel a bit itchy. Just, <laughs> the temptation is there. That, 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 like, that's a glorious play if you just like, yeah, what, what? You haven't thought of Mark Wood? Of course he, <laughs> he's got a hat trick, yeah. Oh, no, that's, I mean, it's, what, yeah. what, what, you, what for noobs are you? Yeah. That's just <laughs> well, so obvious. Is, Schalke, I mean, this is it. Surely maybe this is the time that they'll do it because I think if they lose this weekend, Schalke will set an unwanted club record of seven successive Bundesliga defeats. Even a Bundesliga record. It w- would have been in the worst start in Bundesliga history. Really? Wow, there you if go. If they lose. Okay, yeah. there you go. So, then surely it's not going to happen, right? Schalke will pull it out. Um, no, I... Of any club. The, the jury is like, out. Like, yeah. The jury is out. So, uh, again, uh, I mean, we've talked about Trimmel. You've now mentioned Mark Ut as well. Uh, something tells me he's a candidate for your Vegas choice of the week, but is there anyone else, Flo, that you would consider from this final game? Uh, Paciencia uh, for 10 okay. million. Um, I, I I like him a lot. I wasn't able to show anything so far with Schalke, but that is understandable. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm both options. I, I probably prefer Ud over Paciencia just because of his set-piece duties also, and he's more likely to not just have shots, but also passes to a shot. So uh, he he's definitely bo- doing both. Um, and I could see uh, Wood also taking penalties, although he was pretty bad at that in, uh, at Cologne. But yeah, and um, Baum praised Wood and said like he has he has to be the heart and soul of our attack and play during the international break. That's what he said. So. Yeah, Mark Wood. Definitely a differential. Oh, pick. That, that, there's so no he's doubt. sitting there at at zero percent <laughs> ownership right now. <laughs> I swear, Flo. Yeah, this is like the definition of a differential. Um, so yeah, he, I mean, there needs yeah. to be there needs to be a word that's more extreme than differential for Mark Wood right now. But I can't come up with it off the top of my head. Yeah, but I, I, like I'm, I'm saying right now, I'm not taking responsibility for anyone bringing in Mark Wood, and <laughs> no. he's totally blanking. No. I just. But I might be in the boat myself. No, no, 100%. Anyone out there that follows Mark Oot, uh, and the choice of Mark Oot by Flo here, you are fully responsible for your own decisions at this point because I'm laughing my head off at this. So there's a, there's a good balance here as to what to expect maybe from Schalke. Um, is, is that a good segue into our player picks? Is he your Vegas choice, Mark Oot, Flo? He has to be, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, well... He is. I, I, you know, he's, that is the... Yeah, that is... 
you're putting it all on on green at the roulette table right now with Mark Oot. I, I've got it with a little bit more of a a safer bet of my Vegas choice. Um, and the concerns are there, and Flo is right with the concerns, but it is Christopher Trimmel. I've been harping his praises all, all episode, and, and rightly so, uh, because he blew me away with his performance against Mainz, and I know it was against Mainz, but let's also just give credit to Trimmel, the fact that he is so involved in the final third. So he, for me, a 9.7 is a great Vegas choice uh, for not just this week, but the, the next four weeks, I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. How about your super schnepchen, Flo? Yeah, first I want to say it's hard to score big for Trimmel if Wood scores a hat-trick, so maybe you should <laughs> This is the think battle, about the it. battle of the Second Vegas choices. Again. Yeah. My <laughs> um, super schnepchen is Felix Agu, 4.7 million, because um, I think if he's going to play uh, he actually has a lot of high scoring potential because he gets forward. Uh, like his, his strengths are, uh, is the attacking play, uh, so, uh, great, great value and brain fixtures are looking all right. Um, so yeah, he will be my super schnäppchen. Yeah, I, I mean, I had to, to kind of follow suit, uh, with the Bremen player as well. And for me, it's Umbom. I think the reasons are, there's 1.3 of them is the big reason for Umbom. Um, but therefore I think he's a, he's a great budget buster in your midfield. But admittedly, this was before I heard about Felix Agu. So Felix Agu is certainly, uh, based on Flo's recommendations here, piquing my interest, uh, let's say. Uh, how about that banker then, Flo? Yeah, that one is is tough for me if I don't want just to say Lewandowski or a player similar <laughs> yeah. to that. Um, I go with Angelino. Uh, and it's it, that that's even feel feeling boring <laughs> for my taste, but uh, I think he's like he's 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 head and shoulders over the rest of the defenders so far this season with uh, not just how he's performing, but like if you see the games, you see, oh, that's actually not the highest possible outcomes that, that could have come from that game. So, cause he's so involved that, uh, he's almost playing as a, as a left winger, not as a left back. And yeah, honorable mention for Christopher Nkunku is he, if he's in a starting lineup. I like that. But he feels more like, yeah, a mix between Vegas choice and banker. Cause if, when he's on the pitch, he usually is pretty good. And he was so far this season, just stats wise, but, uh, he's not uh, like his, like his, his, Playing time is in jeopardy. That's a problem with Nkunku. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And not quite having the same season we saw him have last. That's for certain. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place with my banker as well. So I'm going to chicken out and pick both of them. Um, <laughs> so Lucas Alario is the first name I'm going to throw out for obvious reasons. And Giovanni Reina, I think for just as obvious a reason, uh, is the second name. Both actually don't, that's probably two of the cheapest bankers I've ever chosen. And that's probably the main reason, uh, that I'm struggling. I will be honest. I did have Patrick Schick in my mind, but that was until Flo informed me that he was in injured so <laughs> i should put a slight disclaimer there on the end of that one but yeah uh reina alario i think this weekend uh alario would probably be the first pick because i really i don't think Mainz are gonna be keeping a clean sheet anytime soon against leverkusen and if that's the case then alario is likely to be involved okay ladies and gents that will bring us to an end of this very hasty off the cuff episode that flo and i have done today uh squeezed in between some pack schedules and whatnot but uh we hope it was enjoyable and informative as ever but that will bring us to an end uh of this week's talking foosball fantasy episode don't forget to follow us at talking foosball on twitter give us a like on facebook and if you haven't yet join the talking foosball fantasy league 
week. For now, from me, your host, James Thurgood Flow, and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.